Welcome back to the Julian J. Franco Show, a show where I bring to you people all over the world who are genuine in front and off camera, and they're actually doing what they do for the right purpose of making the world a better place, right? They're not doing it because they want the fame, they want the money, they want the this, they want the that. Hey, if all that comes with it, then great, but their intention is to really help people. And my next guest today is obviously very controversial, and it's Malcolm X, and Before we even start, listen, the media has taught you to believe that Malcolm X was a man of hate and he was racist against white people, but in reality, all he wanted was what was best for humankind, right? And you have to think about it. The the media made him out to be this terrorist. The FBI had him on like their most wanted list. They were surveilling the man. Malcolm X was the devil, but Martin Luther King was who the media loved. Well, because he was a man of nonviolence. He was a man that was docile, right? He's easy to accept. He's easy to sweep under the rug. Like we don't have to care or worry about that. But one thing that I want to let you know about Malcolm X, he taught people to obey the law, but he basically said, Hey, if anybody puts your hands on you, you know, do your best to make sure they don't put their hands on anyone else. So he, he just basically wasn't going to turn the cheek to brutality. And guess what? People in power didn't like that. But now let's go into his bio. So Malcolm X was born in 1925 in Nebraska and his home was actually burned down by the KKK when he was four years old. And later, four of his uncles were murdered by the KKK. And at six years old, his father was also murdered as well. Now, Malcolm was always an excellent student. He was an intellectual, but he ended up dropping out of school. And he remembers that a white teacher told him that it was unrealistic for him to ever become a lawyer because he was black. And you guys know when you're growing up and you're in school, your teacher is your authority figure. So to hear that that early on, of course, that's going to hurt you and make you feel like, hey, why the heck am I pursuing an academic career. And at the age of 18, he actually moved to Harlem. And at that point, that's when he got into crime, right? He just got into crime to to make money. So at 21, he was actually arrested and he was given a sentence for eight to 10 years. And at that point, when he got incarcerated, that's when his transformation began. He, he got more into religion and he ended up reading every single day. And One thing I love about this whole story when it comes to Malcolm X is that Malcolm X wasn't born with a silver spoon in his mouth. He wasn't born going to private school and just always being this intellectual. He wasn't like that, right? He went through crime. He got arrested, but he transformed. He made himself a better individual. So now one thing that I want to get into is he wasn't a coward, right? No matter how his life turned out to be, no matter what position he was in, he was always going to be able to speak the truth. He never wanted to just pacify people. He never just wanted to fit in. He did things because he felt that they were completely true to himself and also to his people. And that's why I just really wanted to make sure that if I have a show where I interview people, Malcolm X is my role model and somebody who whenever I can teach somebody about him, I'm always going to take that opportunity. So what I'm going to do today is I'm just going to share three clips from an interview that he did. And I just want you to hear what he says and how he spoke and always remember that He did this for the right reasons, no matter the cost to his life, right? His security told him, hey, don't get on the stage. We got death threats. We got people saying that there's there's people here to harm you. But guess what? He still went on stage. So that's somebody who was extremely bold and he did things for all the right reasons. He wasn't doing it just to make sure that his family was well off or he, he became more famous. He did it because he actually wanted the world to be a better place when he left. So always remember that. And let's get into our first clip. 
So remember, the FBI had him on the most wanted list saying he was a a terrorist promoting hate and violence. And remember, when somebody tells you that about somebody, oh, he's a terrorist and he hates uh, white people, guess what? You're not going to listen to his message, right? Because they're trying to confuse you into thinking that he's some crazy monster. So now all the good things that he has to say falls on deaf ears. Uh, I don't advocate any kind of hate. There's a lot of talk that sounds very much like it. No, I think that the guilt complex of the American white man is so profound until when you begin to analyze the real condition of the black man in America, instead of the American white man eliminating the causes that create that condition, he tries to cover it up by accusing his accusers of teaching hate. But actually, they're just exposing him for being responsible for what exists. Uh, I don't in any way encourage black people to go out and initiate acts of aggression indiscriminately against whites. But I do believe that the black man in the United States and any human being anywhere is well within his right to do whatever is necessary by any means necessary to protect his life and property, especially in a, in a country where the federal government itself has proven that it is either uh, in, unable or unwilling to protect the lives and property of those human beings. Our second clip is just him showcasing how he was able to change his mind. And I'm not saying he was double-minded or indecisive, but he was able to see reality for what it was. When facts showed him differently, he didn't ignore reality. He continued logically. And as long as I thought he genuinely believed that himself, uh, I believed in him and believed in his solution. But when I began to doubt that he himself believed that that was feasible, and I saw no kind of action designed to bring it into existence or bring it about, then uh, I turned in a different direction. Our last and final clip is something that I really enjoyed listening to him say because he was able to, like I said, think about things much differently than anyone else was. He didn't he didn't believe in the nonviolence, turn the other cheek, you know, wait for your pie in the sky. When you go to heaven, then life will be okay. No, he was a man of, of action and not of fake or forced love, but he was also able to see this whole racism issue from a broader perspective and i hope that this was mind opening for you as well take it away malcolm it's a human problem not an american problem or a negro problem and as a human problem or a world problem we feel that it should be taken out of the jurisdiction of the united states government and the united states courts and taken into the united nations in the same manner that the problems of the black man in south africa angola and other parts of the world and even the way they're trying to bring the problems of the Jews in Russia into the United Nations because of violation of human rights. We believe that our problem is one not a violation of civil rights, but a violation of human rights. Not only are we denied the right to be a citizen in the United States, we're denied the right to be a human being. 